You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. Before we start the show, if you have a story about surviving a cult or a high demand group and you'd like to talk to us on the show, please email us at info at onbelief.com. We'd love to hear your story, and we can make you anonymous. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 2, Episode 19, The Church of Latter-day Saints. Early on in the creation of this podcast, we addressed the difference between a cult and a church, and that is a very fine line for a lot of people, and it is a very moving line for a lot of people. So when people ask to come on the show and have their own opinions about experiences that they had in a place that most people would consider a mainline church, I still find that that is an important story worth telling, and so Today on the show, I'm going to be talking to a woman named Marie about her experiences in the Church of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormons. Previously, on last season of the show, we covered the Fundamentalist Church of Latter-day Saints, the FLDS, under Warren Jeffs. This is not that group. This is what you think of when you think of Utah and Mitt Romney. It's the quote-unquote regular Mormon church. Welcome to the show, Marie. Marie, can you summarize what the beliefs of the Mormons are? Joseph Smith, he was living in, you know, he was living in the East uh, area. I think it was at the time, like New York area, somewhere like that. And as the story goes, he wasn't sure what church to join at the time. Like, should I be Methodist? Should I be Baptist? What should I be? So uh, he says that he went to a grove and he kneeled down and prayed. And that's when he saw the image of God and Jesus as separate beings because Mormonism, they believe in um, that the uh, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost are separate beings. And he was told not to join any of them and to just kind of wait. He was 14 years old at the time. So, you know, down the line, he, um, an angel visited him, Angel Moroni, and he told him there was some gold plates that were buried in a hill. And he told him the location and Joseph went and dug them up. And that's where you get the Book of Mormon. They supposedly, you know, he, they say that they were written in reformed Egyptian, uh, whatever that is, and that Joseph Smith translated those to what we have. The Mormons have is the book of Mormon that, you know, they follow the Bible as well. But one of the things that they say is we follow the book of Mormon or the book, the Bible as, as far as it is translated correctly. So, 
they can go in and say, you know, maybe this isn't quite accurate in the Bible or this or that, you know, but the Book of Mormon, they believe, is the most true and accurate religious document on the face of the planet. There were certain things that appealed to me, like when I was growing up, that made more sense to me than other religions, which may be why when I left, when I left the church, I just, religion just I left all religion, you know, it all seemed bogus to me. So Mormons believe in, they don't believe in just a heaven and a hell. They believe in degrees of glory. So, you know, there's Mormons who live righteously. They go to what's called the celestial kingdom where eventually they become like God. You know, it's like a cyclical growth pattern, which to me kind of made sense, like progression, you know, it doesn't stop. Um, and then there's the, um, terrestrial kingdom, which is for good people that didn't, you know, have the gospel. That's what Mormonism calls like their, their doctrine, the gospel. Um, but they're good people, you know, they'll be happy there too. And then there's the terrestrial kingdom, which is for people who are bad, you know, like like murderers, rapists, that kind of thing. But again, it's not like the typical burning in flames of, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and then there is one low, the lowest kingdom, which is like a hell, is outer darkness. But the only people that can go there are Mormons who have apostatized and left the religion. But that's kind of changed a bit recently. They say that it's it's those people that have actually had a real true witness of Christ. So like that would have to be someone like, you know, the, the organization of the churches, there's the prophet and the 12 apostles. And then there's like these general authorities, there's a bunch of them, but it would have to be up there with one of the apostles um, to go to outer darkness. Whereas before earlier on in church history, um, I believe it was pretty much anyone who apostatized, uh, you know, left the church. Um, and denied or talked ill of the church, they could go to outer darkness. So there's that fear of, oh crap, I know these things and I'm leaving the church. Could I go to outer darkness if it is true? You know, there's a lot of fear there. Mormons believe in like a very clean lifestyle. You know, you don't drink coffee, you don't drink alcohol, don't drink tea. You can have herbal tea. Some Mormons don't drink caffeinated drinks, but most, that's not like a written rule. There's kind of a misconception that um, Mormons don't drink like Coke, you know, but that's not. I grew up in uh, a lot of Mormons drink caffeinated like sodas and stuff. Um, you know, no drugs. Um, there's also just the dress standards, you know, um, very strict with girls. There's a lot of the, you know, kind of keep the boys' minds clean by dressing modestly like a lot of pressure on the girls to control how men view their bodies yeah you you know you're told that you boys especially have this intense pressure to serve missions and go out for two years and convert convert people so they can be really ostracized if they don't if they don't go and then yeah there's the you know you get baptized when you're eight then boys receive the priesthood when they're 12. And then 
when they go on their missions, they go through the temple for the first time. And girls, if they go on a mission, they go through the temple for the first time or when they get married, they go through the temple. Um, And that's when people would start wearing their garments. You know, the underwear that Mormons wear is when you've been through the temple. Were you born into the church? What's it like growing up in it? Okay. So, yeah, I was born into the church. My parents were converts, so they weren't born into it. Um, And so one side of my parents' family is not Mormon at all. Um, And then the other, just like grandparents, aunts and uncles, that kind of thing. I didn't grow up in the typical, um, you know, there's the Mormon states that you think of, like Utah, Idaho. I didn't grow up in one of those. I grew up out in the world, as they say, the Mormons say. So out in the mission field, too, is another thing they say. Um, So, you know, my experience was different. I was exposed to a lot of different beliefs. I was teased a lot, actually, for being Mormon. So I did kind of get... Mormons can kind of develop this uh, victimhood kind of complex. Like they can kind of compare themselves to like a group that's being very persecuted, you know, even though most of them are white, middle class, you kind of get that drilled into you that, you know, because Mormons were persecuted when they first started the church by other religions, you know, they were like kind of chased out, which you see with a lot of groups, um, when they first start a kind of religion, people who aren't used to that, they're like, uh, get out of here, you freaks, you know? And so they kind of carry that, like they develop kind of this, this idea that they're as persecuted as other groups. Um, yeah, which, you know, and growing up outside of a Mormon community as a, as a kid, I mean, I remember being so afraid to tell, I, I grew up in an area where there was a lot of like born again Christians. And they really, really hated Mormons. And um, I just didn't want people to know because then I'd hear like, oh, you're going to hell. You don't believe in the right Jesus, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it was kind of tough. I had to like try to live what I thought, what I what I believed then, like those things in an area where people were, you know, kind of giving me crap about it. But my parents weren't especially strict. You know, it wasn't especially strict Mormon household, but, you know, we went to church every Sunday. I went to the, like the youth activities. It was, you know, the church was always just a part of our life, you know, our identity. That was just like who we were. Let's talk about the roles that people have within the Mormon family unit. There are different expectations by gender and different expectations, depending on if you're a mom, a dad, a child. Yeah, and it is, and it's different too, based on the family, because I still know some Mormons that do have a really good, balanced family where it isn't super patriarchal, but the majority, like the ideal Mormon family, and what they would say teach at the the Mormon universities, because you have to take certain religion classes, and you're you have to take a um, like an eternal families class, which is kind of like, here's the ideal family. They study this thing called the proclamation of the, uh, 
the proclamation of the family or to the family. Now I can't remember the exact name for it, um, which kind of outlines like men and women's roles. Um, and the women are to be the nurturers and the men are to provide for the family and preside over the family, which can be taken as the men make the decisions, you know, even though they try to say it's equal, but when someone's presiding over something else, how can you really be equal? So I was lucky. And I think honestly, this might be part of why things didn't add up to me. I, my, my dad was not that way. Um, he was, he's never been one of those authoritarian, like I have the priesthood, therefore I am the boss type of, of, of person. And so I never felt when I was a kid lesser because I was a woman. It was as I went out in the Mormon community and like maybe at church or um, especially after I got married and just going to the Mormon universities where I felt like, you know, I couldn't do those things that I wanted to do because I was a woman. So yeah, typically, so the woman, you know, she does all the cooking and the cleaning and the caring for the children and, you know, the man goes to work and he gets to come home and, you know, it's almost like the mother is a mother to her husband and in ways, you know? Um, but like I said, not, not all of them are like that. I know some, you know, I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is a very patriarchal, um, organization. Are boy children and girl children raised differently? I think they're definitely raised with those certain gender expectations. Like they have like uh, young women's organization is where, you know, girls who are 12 to 18, they meet and they have their own lessons and they have their own activities and then they have their boy activities so the girl activities, I, I hated them because they were so boring to me. Like I loved playing sports. I was like, I want to go camping, you know, with the, like, why do the boys get to do the fun activities where we'd be learning things about like cooking and sewing and, you know, babysitting, like stuff like that, you know? And it was never like an exploration of your talents that you could bring to the world other than your mothering talents, you know, it was an exploration of, you know, there were a lot of things that I dreamed about doing when I was a kid. Like I had so many things that I'm like, Oh, I want to do that when I grow up, you know, I want to be this, I want to be that. But knowing that I couldn't do that because I'm a girl and I'm supposed to be a mom and only a mom and nothing else. I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I wanted to, you know, when I was very young, I was obsessed with space and really into like NASA. Like I, I was obsessed. I was going to go to space camp and 
I thought like, oh, I want to be an astronaut, you know, all of those things, like even a lawyer, just, you know, those things that at the time maybe weren't typical for a girl, you know, especially a Mormon. To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.